Hello, welcome to the Rip Body Podcast. I'm Coach Matt, and I'm joined by Andy. Hi, everyone. Today's Q&A Friday. Uh, let's get right into it. All right. How much volume would you recommend for somebody looking just to maintain rather than progress? I am finally happy with my physique after following the advice in your articles for years now and looking to free up some time for other activities. This is from Terry. Thank you for the question, Terry. First of all, Terry, that's awesome that you've reached a place where you're really happy with your physique. Yeah. A lot of people never really get there. Uh, even if they make a lot of progress, they always want to improve something. So getting to that place is really cool. Yeah. Um, agreed. Yeah. So for volume, what I would say, if you've been training at least three to four days a week, you can probably just cut your volume in half. I think that should be enough to maintain what you have. It's a lot easier to maintain what you have rather than building new muscle. And if you're training a few times a week, eating well, you, sh you should be fine just maintaining what you have. How would you define eating well there? So I would say eating enough protein is a big thing and making sure you're eating enough calories to actually maintain your weight. So okay. if you stop lifting or cut your lifting down and your protein is pretty low, I think you're more likely to lose some strength and muscle. Or if you go into a dieting phase, but you're not training that often, again, you're probably going to lose a little bit of muscle. So if you're truly maintaining and you're not losing weight and you're eating enough protein, uh, it's pretty easy to maintain the muscle mass that you have. Yeah. And this jives with what I saw working with clients through the pandemic as well. Were you working with clients, Matt, online when you were uh, uh, during the pandemic? I was, but mostly nutrition. I only had a few training clients. And so those nutrition clients, they were, were they still training, but just by themselves then? Um. Yeah, some of them had to stop. A lot mm -hmm. of them switched to home workouts or like a Peloton or so just something at home. So they were doing something. And how did they do? Did they maintain their muscle mass while they were doing those home workouts? Yeah, so the ones who were training were able to maintain pretty well. Um, a lot of the clients I had were just weight loss clients and they weren't even really training at all, to be honest. They were just trying mm -hmm. to lose weight and get healthier. So they were able to control the eating. But the ones who were lifting and had more of a physique focus, cutting the volume down, or modifying it to home workout, they were able to maintain just fine. Yeah, I, I was fairly shocked at how little um, I could do and still be able to maintain my physique um, and a lot of clients as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree with what you said there. Um, you can probably cut your volume in half. Um, I would experiment with, less, yeah, like you said, if you're doing four days a week, try two days a week. Um, I think the important thing here, though, is, you know, if you enjoy your training, it's okay to keep at it, but you've come at this from a how much volume uh, can I get away with kind of question, yeah. <laughs> and therefore we're talking about cutting it. Um, if, you, if you're just happy to keep going to the gym, then you can keep doing what you're doing and you'll be able, and if you're maintaining your strength and the reps and the sets that you're doing, then you're good. You could probably get away with ditching the isolation work, keeping your compound movements mm -hmm. for the most part, and um, yeah, uh, maybe dropping back a set uh, and uh, a day or two of your workouts, and you'll be all good. So, and and ultimately, you know, if you do that and you do start to see some slight slips, then you can just add a little more in, right? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think half is good. It's very freeing, really, 
how little you need to do to maintain once something has been built. It requires a lot more to push your body to um, get to a new level of muscle mass than it does to just remind it to keep the muscle mass. And the key here is while at caloric maintenance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've come I've only been lifting twice a week for a few months now and I haven't lost strength at all. I thought I was going to just lose all the strength I had from cutting back from training like four or five days a week, but I haven't. Every lift is pretty much exactly the same. And why have you done pretty, that? It's been pretty easy to make. I uh, just I got into uh, jujitsu and mm -hmm. I I can only recover from so much. So I found that I couldn't handle training a couple times a week and lifting four or five days a week. So scaled the lifting back to maintenance, just two workouts a week, usually full body, and every lift has stayed the same. Boom. So. There we go. There we go. All right. Great question. And uh, happy for you, Terry. I think that's awesome. All right. Next question then. This cool. one is from George. Curious, George. All right. Let's go. George says, I've been following Precision Nutrition, and they have a guide titled The Cost of Getting Lean. Is it really worth the trade-off? They basically say that there's no need to measure everything we eat. It's enough to estimate the amount of proteins, veggies, carbs, and fats by using our own hands. What do you think? What's your opinion on this strategy? Does it work, George? Well, yeah, it can work. I mean, this is the strategy that I used when I knew nothing, and I just I, I, I got a shredded six pack for the first time in my life. Mm. Um, it's the strategy that you would use if you needed to put your dog on a diet, right? What do you do? Instead of giving it two scoops of dog food, you give it one scoop of dog food, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. um, essentially what they're talking about here is if you, if you use the heuristic of a palm-sized piece of meat with every meal and you have three meals, and that might be a chicken breast or a lean, lean piece of pork or a lean piece of fish. And then you have green veggies and you have a fistful or two of vegetables, of green vegetables with each meal, which is quite low calorie. Perhaps you have one or two fists of carbs with each meal. This is when they're cooked. It could be rice or potatoes. And then the fats I don't know, maybe you add in, because this is going to be quite low on the fat there, maybe you add in a tablespoon of olive oil or or something like that. Um, then if you eat that, stick to it, and your weight stays the same, well, then you know that if you want to lose weight, you need to do the same thing that you'd do for your dog, right? Give it one scoop instead of two. So what do you do here? Instead of having two fists of carbs with your meals, take away one fist and you just leave yourself with one. So it's it's essentially portion control there. And whenever you get stuck, you just reduce, reduce, reduce. Now, the problem with that, of course, is that it works until it doesn't. And often where it doesn't, is where people get bored as hell with that method uh, and they start mm, spicing things up which is natural and then the calories that they are consuming uh without them quite realizing it they go up 
and the calorie deficit that they had is no longer there and they stop losing weight. Well, I think it's a good idea. It, it can be a good idea. Um, and generally, I think that people should try to lose weight without counting calories first before they go straight full on into counting calories and then macronutrients. It's like, um, I don't know, if you're learning to drive, you're going to jump into a Ferrari 812 super fast, or you're going to borrow a Prius, right? Which is the good idea here, right? Let, let's, let's go with that Prius first. Um, now, what strategies could you potentially use? Um, I've got an article, it's called What to Do Before You Start Counting Calories and Macros. I wrote it specifically for people who I tend to meet in person, you know, I'm introduced, uh, oh, this is Andy, Andy's, uh, you know, an online physique coach, he does nutrition and training coaching. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, great. Oh, wow. Could you? Um, and I'm like, well, you know what? Probably not. Like, probably we're a bit too niche for you. You're probably just a bit new to this. Um, before you go down the 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 rabbit hole and 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 really go as far as what I would ask you to do, um, maybe you could, uh, you know, just do some simple strategies first and have success. Uh, and then, of course, I'd be like, well, what is that? And so I wrote this article for those thinking of those people. Um, it is. Uh, ripbody.com slash before hyphen you hyphen count ripbody.com before you count um and i'm talking about things like this first cut down the alcohol if you have a habit of drinking alcohol every night this can be huge stop drinking your calories let's say you're one of these people who goes into starbucks and you have the frapper shitino with like three extra scoops of <laughs> of like oh god you, you know does there are two types of people in Starbucks, right? There are those that go to the counter, order their drink, and it's given to them immediately. And there are those that go to the counter, order their drink, and then they have to wait at another counter for five minutes for it to be made. If you are the latter and you're trying to lose weight and struggling, that's one of your problems right there, okay? Switch to the former, get the black coffee like an adult, okay? Mm -hmm. Add a little <laughs> bit of milk in there if you want, okay? Stop drinking your bloody calories. Switch from Coke to Diet Coke. Um, fruit juices, mm, probably uh, not a good idea because it's not going to be very filling. Um, water and zero-calorie drinks, basically. Uh, next thing, eat more vegetables. They're going to keep you full. Uh, you can learn to like them. Uh, next thing, learn to be okay with hunger. Right, You don't have to fight hunger many people get themselves unstuck because then whenever they have a hunger pang they then try and go to the cupboard to fix the hunger pang or figure out some kind of strategy yes you want to set your diet up in a way where you are eating foods that are going to keep you full for as long as possible and I'm talking about, you know, lots of vegetables and fruits in your diet. Um, you know, not too much ultra processed food, basically. Right. But past a certain point, you're going to be hungry. But hunger pangs come and go. 
just take it to be a sign of things working. If you try and quote unquote fix that hunger, you're messing up. Okay, next one, quit snacking. Just stop the bloody snacking. This kind of ties into the one before. Next one, manage your food environment. Uh, we we're talking about that in the previous Q&A. Manage your food environment to minimize your reliance on willpower. So it was what we were talking about before. Hiding the, if you have to have any snacks in the house because you've got kids, putting those in the back of the cupboard, making sure that you've got like fruit out there on the kitchen counter instead so that you'd have to walk past the the better snack. Um, having the right foods in the fridge so that the easiest choice becomes the right choice. Um, the next one, stop letting restaurants dictate how much you eat. Your mum is not there. Right? You're an adult now. Your mum is not there. I, and I'm speaking to myself, right? Mum isn't there saying, well, if you don't finish that, you're going to have it for breakfast tomorrow. And if you don't finish it at breakfast tomorrow, you're going to end up having it for lunch. So finish all your food. This is not the situation anymore, right? You can leave food on your plate. If you order something, you do your best to order something sensible from the menu. And if it comes and it's absolutely massive, as many restaurant portions are, leave it. Leave it. No one benefits from you eating that food and breaking your diet. Thinking that this is bad because there are people who don't have access to enough food, right? That's just, it doesn't, it doesn't wash. Also, if you don't leave the food on your plate, then it, the signal doesn't get back to the chef that the food coming out is a little too much, right? And then we keep on having this arms race of food portion sizes, right? So I actually think leaving food on the plate not only serves us, but I think it serves society as a whole if enough of us consider doing it. That might be a bit idealistic. All right. Eat at home more often. And that's because restaurant portions, they tend to be really large. Um, also, you have way more control over how much protein you're getting uh, of the food that you're getting generally. I um, mean, you can generally choose leaner protein sources. Um, one of the problems with eating out uh, is that, you know, the restaurants, they're focused on making really tasty, flavorful foods, which often means a lot of fat and sugar and salt. And right. Um, salt, let's ignore that for a second, but a lot of fat and sugar like makes it really high calorie um, and really easy to overconsume. Um, and then lastly, avoid the all or nothing mentality. So, so let's say that you fail to do any one of these things for your lunch. Doesn't mean that the day is screwed. You can still get back on track, not snack in the afternoon, have a sensible dinner, happy days. Do what you can when you can. Don't be like, ah, oh, screw it. This whole holiday weekend is, is a mess because you messed up on Friday. That's absolute nonsense, right? This is, you go to your mother-in-law's house, you will eat what is put on the table because to not do so would be impolite. You will finish all of the food. That does not mean that you have screwed up. That was just basic manners. That is one meal. Put it in context. This has not wrecked your diet in any way. Don't use that as an excuse to then just go and trash yourself that weekend and be an adult about that. 
yeah um if you want to read more about that then it's um what to do before you start counting calories and macros um, ripboy.com slash before hyphen you hyphen count Matt, is there anything you can think to <laughs> add uh, I think you covered it. I think you covered it. I mean, this is what I would tell people too, if they've never tried to diet before, start mm. with basics like this. And then if you do have to track macros down the road, it's a lot easier if you have these habits in place. Um, but it's definitely more of a intermediate to advanced approach. So I think this is a great place to start. Yep. And look, I think like Precision Nutrition, it's a great company. They do this habit-based coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, it tends to be what, one habit at a time. Okay, we're going to practice. I hope I'm not mischaracterizing the business here, but I think it's like you sign up for a year commitment yeah. and practice one habit at a time. That one habit may be um, swapping your frappuccino for um, a black coffee and seeing if you can keep with that for a couple of weeks and then layering in another habit and then layering in another habit. And I think that's a great approach for um, many people um, at certain times. Um, it's just not the demographic that we tend to work with. Right. Uh, but this may be absolutely the right approach for to those of you who are listening to your loved ones um, who, or you, you know, your friends, etc., who you don't love, <laughs> um, who, who, <laughs> you know, they may be looking for a place to start, and it's probably not. Oh yeah, on your training day, I want you to eat 200 grams of carbohydrates and 55 grams of fats, and then uh, 160 grams of protein, and and split that across. It's <laughs> probably not the the advice to start with. All right, all right. Anyway, I think that's a wrap. Uh, thank you for the questions guys and we will uh, catch you on Tuesday peace